Listener Production. Kickbump acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yulukut Wollum clan of the Boon who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickbump Podcast, your fortnightly DM on all things motherhood. One, two, three, guys welcome back to another kick bump episode with me and not only me we've got mandy i've infiltrated into your (laughs) (laughs) podcast (laughs) weaving my way in so if you didn't listen to uh, a fortnight ago's episode with ash pollard you may not recognize this voice across the table from me but this is mandy she's our producer for both the kick pod and the kick bump pod Um, with listener and we are just so excited to have you and I am particularly happy (laughs) that I'm not speaking alone in these intros anymore. Well, yeah, the the sole purpose of me being here in the intros so that you feel less alone. So you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. Uh, As always, I'll start with a bit of a Harvey update. So obviously since my last chat with you guys, we went to Byron, which was Mm. all exciting. Um, But I think anyone who's traveled with toddlers before knows that it's also exhausting. Yeah, and because it was a work trip. Yeah. But you brought your family. Yeah, and I don't regret it. Like, I don't regret it. Laura, it was so funny. Laura was like, do you regret them coming? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I don't, but I think what I do regret is that it probably meant that there was points where I didn't get to spend as much time with the community, only because Uh like when there might have been a little bit of free time, you know, I'd give Josh a bit of a break and mm. I would go spend some time with Harvey because yeah, I okay. genuinely wanted to spend time with Harvey. Yeah. Um, and there's probably just a few opportunities that I probably could have spent more time. So that's, that, that is a regret of mine. I mean, I'm, I was fortunate enough to spend a lot of time with them, but I think yeah. you just can't get enough of the community when you're around them. You just want to... Oh, that's nice. Was yeah. everyone obsessed with him and just fussing over him the whole everyone time? Everyone was pretty excited he was there, which was nice. Does he enjoy that or is he, does he get shy? No, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty good, unless he's like overly tired or something and grouchy. Mm. But no, the traveling with the kid, it's it's more so I just laughed at my backpack. It was so heavy. And I looked <laughs> inside it and there was like three different snacks, like some of his favorite books, like all these toys, like a drink bottle, some extra milk just in case he needed like some settling. Um, it's just so funny, all the stuff that you have to think of. And then obviously, even when you're packing up and like mm. packing up the place and cleaning up all these toys from everywhere and making sure you don't forget things. We got home and realized we forgot his bottles and like oh, some of his feeding stuff. Oh, you left Byron. Yeah. Oh, that's annoying. Because I was going to say, even just to go to the shops, I yeah. see mums, you know, and dads packing like a, a whole suitcase yeah. just to go to Coles. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I can imagine. <laughs> you got to have a spare holiday. onesie and like mm. nappies and wipes just yeah. in case. You know, yeah. you His know. suitcase is bigger than yours. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, but it was really, really nice. At the same time, it was really, really nice. And I think the, the more Josh and I can do that and include him in our life, the more normal it'll feel. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, that he that he's on the go. Less and, of a big you know, deal. Yeah. yeah. That. So that was good. And another thing was, though, what it did do is throw off his routine a little bit, mm. his sleep, which like I kind of knew was going to happen whenever he's in a new environment. And there's a few things that like have to be set for him to have a really solid sleep. Like yeah. the room has to be completely dark, no odd noises, um, those few things. And like a certain temperature is... 
He like yeah. really likes a certain temperature. He's particular. He's a bit of a diva. <laughs> to be honest, it's like I'm like scared to change it on him. So it's yeah. so funny because like yeah. it's me that's probably the one that's fussy yeah, about it the temperature. Because it would have been when he was first born, you yeah. would have been like, oh my God, the, t- the room's too hot. It's yeah. too cold. He needs exactly. it. And now he's become, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like fussy with that. Exactly. But um, no, so there was like a few things out of our control. So he had some pretty early mornings mm. uh, in Byron and, um, and his nap schedule was a little bit off, but it, kind of made me think like, oh, maybe he's ready for one nap. And so when we got home, we had about a week where I was like, let's put him in the one nap a day kind of thing. But then he's gone back to early rising because of that, because he was overtired. So we've reverted back to the routine that we were before. And today was the first day in like a week or so that he slept past six. He'll get back. But like I've been on holidays with Mm. um, friends before that have brought their, mm, I'd say one-year-old, maybe a bit over one. And like we were there for five days. We only went to Queensland from yeah. Melbourne. So it took the five days for their son to get into a better routine, like a sleeping 100%. routine. And then as soon as he was in yeah. a routine, they're like, all right, now we've got to leave. And then it took them five days when they got back. So they were like, yeah, that was hard. But, 100%. Yeah. 100%. But you just got to do it. Mm. So that's that's his sleep. Um, I feel like I've always got something to update when, he, when it comes to his sleep. Um, the other thing is his, his little tricks that he's doing. So uh, quite annoyingly, uh, his habit of hiding the remote um, is quite annoying because when we want to sit down and watch something, it's like, okay, hide and seek. Where did he put the remote today? And the other day, I genuinely could not find it for the life of me. And Josh called me later and he was like, it was in one of your shoes in your wardrobe. <sighs> Like, and I have like all my shoes kind of lined up at the bottom of my wardrobe. So he would have had to go through like all of my shoes at to least, find the one. At least he didn't put it in the toilet, like you were saying no, last exactly. week, that he puts everything in the toilet. 100%. So, you know, that's a, I'd say that's a win. It's, it, it is a win. <laughs> and we've just made sure now we've got this like random remote. We actually don't even know what it's for, what it's for, but it's not one of the main ones. So we've just given him that. Yeah, like, great. Stay busy with this. Yep. Another random update is actually an update on me, not on Harvey, but it's because of. Harvey, Mm. that it's happened. And I didn't know this was a thing. But when you go through pregnancy and postpartum, you lose, you get a lot of hair in pregnancy. I mean, not everyone experiences this, but I think most people do. I got so much more hair. My hair got like so thick and lush. And then there was like probably three months after I had him, I started to get these like balding patches in places. And I was like, oh no, it's happening. That terrifies me because I'm already, I've got really thin hair. So that terrifies me. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but I just went with it because I was like, you know, it's just, Mm. it is what it is. And then you go through the regrowth stage where it all like starts to happen. Yeah, Mm. bum fluff. Anyway, my bum fluff has now turned into (laughs) this like tiny little mullet at the back of my head. (laughs) But it's like, so now when I do this like slick ponytail, I've got this like little mullet. But the weirdest thing is I've always had dead straight hair. Yeah. And it's wavy. It's like mullet is wavy. Curly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so weird. Is it going to go? And I was speaking to a friend about it and she's like, no, it's going to stay curly. That's a thing. So apparently what? your hair can grow back not in the same type of hair. Apparently she's got a friend who's got ringlet hair and her regrowth her was bum, dead straight. Her bum fluff's straight. Yeah. That blows my mind. Isn't and that you weird? know what else I've heard? So my um, sister-in-law got laser, like yeah. from, you know, the eyelashes down pretty yeah. much. <laughs> and, then, and then she got pregnant, had her kids, mm-hmm. and it reversed it. Yes, the hormonal shift. I was like, shift. that would, not only is that a waste of time, yeah. money, yeah. effort, mm-hmm. but also how devastating that you have to go, like, go through that again. All over again. Oh, man. Yeah. Hormones. Anyway, it's the Fun. weird and wacky <laughs> things that happen when you go through pregnancy. But um, I am so excited to get into today's chat mm. with the legend Moana Hope. So we've actually had Mo on the podcast on the Kick Pod before, um, and we've even had her at an International Women's Day event. We 
We love her. And just to summarize her life quickly in a few sentences, she played for AFLW from 2016 to 2019 for both Collingwood and North Melbourne. She grew up in a family with 14 siblings, which is just amazing and crazy. Mm. Uh, She's the primary carer for her younger sister, Vinny, who suffers from a rare neurological condition. She was also on Survivor in 2018 and then again more recently in 2020. And today I've got her on to talk about all things motherhood because she has had quite a special experience. Her and her partner, Isabella, have both gone through pregnancy and birth. So they've got two little ones. And I just find that so fascinating. And I'm excited to learn more Honestly, about it. Honestly, like and you and I were talking earlier um, about this, that they're both able to know exactly what the other has gone through yeah. in their pregnancies. And also, I've heard that they might be able to breastfeed each other, like yeah, the I'm baby so that intrigued. they didn't give birth to. So yeah. I'm really excited to hear you Same. ask her about that. Because imagine being able to breastfeed and then your partner's also able to breastfeed. Oh, it's amazing. Like, you just palm them off whenever you need. <laughs> yeah, it's <is> fascinating. <laughs> Well, welcome, Mo, and also little Ahi today. He's he's a little bit asleep, but he might wake up, but that's okay. So if you hear any adorable little noises, it's not from me or Mo. (laughs) If you hear a little panting, it's definitely not me. It's him. How old is he now? He's seven weeks today. Wow. Yeah. I feel like, you know, when you're pregnant, you feel like it goes for years, but once you have him, it goes so quick. Yeah. Like, as you know yourself. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And how are you going? How's it been? Exhausting. Yeah. Mentally and physically. Like yeah. I think um, once you have that, like, labor was crazy, which we can talk about. Yeah, definitely. But the post-labor, I don't think there's enough chat around that. I think for me, um, it's really got me mentally. I've had, I think I've cried almost every day, if we're going to be real mm-hmm. and honest. But that's just, I guess that's part of it. It's just the right, the wave that I'm on. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, I wouldn't change it. Like I love him and I'm in love with him and I don't care about sleep that much. But I think it's... Yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely something that I didn't think about. You think about the birth a lot and you yeah. think about, you know, the pregnancy a lot, but you don't think about what about afterwards, what happens afterwards. 100%. 100%. And I feel like the really unique thing with you is that you obviously got to witness is go through it as well. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of had like a little bit of a an idea of what was yeah. what you were in for, but obviously everyone's experience is different. And I would love you to start if, you, if you're comfortable in touching yeah. on your birth story. Yeah, I will 100%, but I will go back to what you just said there and say that even though I watched Bow go through birth, I had no idea. Yeah. I thought I knew, yeah. but I had no bloody idea. And I just want all partners out there who have a partner that, that's going to give birth or gave birth and you think you know, you don't know. Yeah. Because I, I went through a birth going, I know what I'm in for. I know what it's going to be. I know what the pain is like. I know what the pregnancy is like. I, I, I've had so many moments with Bow where I've been like, I'm sorry. Mm. Because I'm like, I was so not understanding enough. But again, you don't know that unless you go through it yourself. Totally. So... As much as I felt like I was ready, I, I wasn't. I was not ready, mm. uh, or I wasn't um, physically ready, or, or or mentally ready for the pregnancy or the labor. Like it was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. My labor, first time I've spoken about it, by the way. Um, wow! <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> it, it was it was crazy. I think we got to forty weeks, and then um, our obstetrician decided that if, if he didn't come in the next couple of days, we we're going to get induced because I was not dilated at all. Yeah, that was like me. Yeah, so zero dilation, and I was like. I was getting cranky at myself, right? Because my mum had 12 Same. kids. I'd think, you know. They should fly out, right? <laughs> so every time we went there from 37, 38, 39 and 40, and she's like, no dilation. And I, like, I wanted to 
you know, fire my obstetrician because she kept saying no <laughs> dilation because I just wanted it to be something. Same. But she yeah. was like, at 41 weeks, if he's not here, we'll induce. And I was like, I love my obstetrician. I trust her with my life and his life. Yeah. And I was like, whatever you say goes. Yeah. And we got to 41, didn't, nothing, still no dilation. Yeah. I, was, I was doing everything, walking on curbs, oh, driving yeah. over bumps, not drinking special tea and nothing. Yeah. Um, it's the worst when someone tells you, oh my God, this worked for me. This worked for my yeah, sister's cousin and yeah. my best friend and it's just going to work. And yeah, you're like, okay, yeah. why is it working? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, I did everything. But, yeah. but what, my, what I decided was I'm going to do everything. And if it doesn't work, then let's just induce. Yeah. Like it's meant to be. Yeah. So we got to 41 and we were, and my mom told me actually, which is a crazy story, that she had 12 kids and um, every single one of them, um, she had to get induced. No way. Yeah. So, really? So she, so I was just like, thanks for telling me that at 41 weeks, mom. Yeah. You could have told me that at 37 so I could be prepared for it. <laughs> um, yeah. But, and they were all at 42 weeks too. Okay. So they were all very late. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I got we got induced on the Wednesday night. It's where they they put the special cream to hopefully yeah. make you dilate overnight. And then that next morning at four o'clock in the morning, like in, in my sleep, I was getting pains. Yeah. But because I'd, I'd been waiting for it so much, I was like, yeah, no, nah, it's not. It's yeah. just like probably eating something bad. It's just <laughs> cramps. And when you get induced, you stay in hospital overnight. Yeah. I was um, so at four o'clock, I was getting pains. And Belle wasn't in the hospital. She stayed at home with Sphere just in case it didn't work. Yeah. And then it was at about 6 a.m., I was just like, hey, this has been happening for two hours. It could be, th- be labour. Mm. And, um, and then it was. So I called in the midwife and she was like, yeah, it started. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, this is epic. Like, I was really excited for <laughs> yeah. it. Called Bow, she came down. And then, so that was 4 a.m. on the Thursday morning. And I didn't end up having him until like 4.30 on the Friday morning. Mm-hmm. So it was a 24-hour labour. Yeah. It was insane. So... Because of Bell, I decided to try and go pain-free. Not that getting pain yep. relief is a, yep. is a bad thing. It's yep. totally natural. And I lasted until 2 p.m. Because <laughs> it was just, I, I just couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. I, Bell said to me, it's like all your bones breaking at once. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> sure it is. I'm like, it's just like, it's period pain. It'll be, you know, mm. it'll. that's what it is. Mm. Like, it'll be fine. And then the first, like, couple of hours, I was like, yeah, I'm all right. This is fun. Like, I can do this. And then the moment that they start intensifying, mm. I was just, like, screaming. Yeah. I was just like, this is the most, there's no, I can't even explain. You can't. You can't. That's the whole thing. <laughs> you really can't. Even when I try to tell someone, I'm like, I'm not even going to bother explaining to you because I can't. <laughs> like, I can say 100 million bones breaking at the same time. Yeah. It's not going to even give it justice. Was there certain, like, positions or things that you did that helped? Um, I was sitting on a on one of those bouncy ball yep. things and I didn't want to move from that. Yeah. So the moment I had to get up and go pee made it worse. Yeah, so okay. it's just sitting still. Yeah. And it just got so bad and I was just like, like I was screaming and I was just like, get me the epi. Yeah. Right. And the yeah. worst thing about getting the epi is the moment you decide you want the epi, you got to wait for the guy to come to I, do it. I know, right? <laughs> and then you've like just got to put yeah. up with all yeah. the pain knowing yeah. that you're going to get the epi anyway. Right. Yeah, so you've decided. Yeah. So it's like, give it to me. Yeah. And then they're like, he's going to be in about 15 to 30 minutes, longest 15 to 30 minutes of my life. Yeah. Um, and then the needle itself for the epi. Oh, takes forever because <laughs> they can't put it in while you're contracting. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, but the pain of it going into you, oh, I, I went from school screaming like high pitch to like a deep voice scream when he put that in. I was just like, like, just turn it on. So, yeah. I, can, so I got that and that was okay. Like that was about two, three o'clock in the afternoon. And then I, the only thing about that though, which I didn't like was then you're, you're bound to the bed. Yeah. And that was hard. Yeah. 
So like, you know, I can't do anything. Mm. So I just was in bed and there was, took away all the pain, which was great. Um, but the worst part about the epidural is that throughout between 2 p.m. and 4.30 a.m., it decided to stop on three different occasions, like just stop working. <laughs> so I went from zero pain yeah. to 100 pain yeah. out of nowhere. Oh and I was just like... And did you just like pump more? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to, but it wasn't working. <laughs> oh, no. And they're like, we've got to call the guy back. And I'm like, where's he coming from, China? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Your machine's broken. Stand here yeah. and do your job. <laughs> yeah. You know, it wasn't his fault the machine was broken, but um, they're like, the only way we can fix it is if we take that one out and put a new one in. No. I was like you got a better chance of me punching you. Like, <laughs> it's not, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty intense. And it was really funny because about 8 o'clock, I was pretty chill when, when you're on nappy. Mm. If you've had a nappy, you know mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. kind of relax. I was watching the footy. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. I was watching the footy when, um, when I, in the morning of, um, it was like a replay of the night before, but um, I watched the footy as well. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so I was just like, I think it was a Melbourne-Brisbane game. And I was like, I'll just put the footy on. And she was like, great, I'll sleep. And I was like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Just put the footy on. Um, so I watched the footy and then um, at about, Two o'clock, two thirty. They had the midwife and the senior midwife were in looking at the machine, and they were looking at it oddly, and it was making me very concerned. Mm. And they were printing off papers, and I was just like, but at the same time, I was so exhausted and so tired and so out that I couldn't put it together. Mm. And they noticed that his heart rate started to drop, and he was starting to stress. But they didn't tell me that, right? right? Yeah. Um, and that's fair. Like yeah. that probably would have freaked me out. Yeah. Um, and they were just printing off all this paper, checking everything. They checked my dilation. I was fully dilated. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're calling me wife. Oh, sorry, not me wife. Obstetrician. Mm-hmm. We're telling her to come in. And I was like, great. And then two seconds later, the midwife's like, actually, we need you to push. And I was like, what? <laughs> How did you go from going out there to call my obstetrician to now making me yeah. push? Where's my obstetrician? Mm-hmm. Like, because I trust her, right? Yeah. And I needed her yeah. there. And, I, and they're like, we just need you to push. It's really important that you start now. And they're getting all of these tables out and all these machines. And I was just like, like I could not function what was happening because I was so out of it. Yeah. I can't, it was like an out-of-body experience. It's like I was watching from above mm. but couldn't comprehend it yeah. or couldn't understand it at all. And not to mention I couldn't feel my lower half. So when they say push, I'm like, am I pushing? <laughs> I don't know. Like, you tell me. Um, so I just had to start pushing. And I just didn't know what was going on, how how to push. I wasn't prepared to not feel my lower half and mm. have to push either. Mm. Like, I didn't know what that would mm. feel like. So I was like, I'm pushing. They're like, you need to push. I'm like, I'm doing it. Mm. But I could see them panicking as well. Mm. So I wasn't, I just didn't get it. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like legitimately passing in and out. Mm. So in between contractions, I was like f- kind of falling asleep somewhat. Mm. Um, and then Belle had to keep waking me up to make me push. And then my obstetrician came in and she's all about business. So she went straight to it. Mm. And I said to her before we went into this, I said, whatever happens, his health, safety, and my safety is number one. Mm. So whatever you got to do, you do that. Mm. So she knew that that was my only wish. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go into it with any preconceived plans of what yep. it was going to be or what it should be because it's always, it never ends up being what you want yeah. it to be. Let's yeah, be fair. if you get too attached to it. Yeah. Um, and she came in and she went straight down there and she was just like, her first thing was, I need to try and vacuum him out. And I was like, well, that went from zero to 100. <laughs> and I was just like, do whatever you want. And she's amazing. And Belle was with her and Belle was telling me when to push, when not to push. Um, and she tried to vacuum once and she was just like, I'm going to be real honest with you. If we don't get him out now, we're going to be 
it's not going to be great. Mm. Um, his, his heart rate's dropping and mm. he's really stressed and he's also pooed on the inside. Mm. And she's like, I really, really, really need to get him out. So I need to give you an episiotomy mm. and I need to use a forceps. And mm. I'm like, just cut me in half. I don't care. Mm. Get him out. And it was too late for her to do a C-section because mm-hmm. he was already, already yeah, yeah, engaged. Yeah. engaged. So um, I was just, she goes, I've already called Daniel, who's my pediatrician. He's on his the way best. in. <laughs> yeah, he's my favorite. And I, that made me feel good because I knew Daniel was amazing at what mm. he did. And I knew she's amazing at what, what she did. So if something's wrong, mm. I've got two people I trust the most there. Um, so on the f- second, I think, push with the episiotomy, she got him out, mm. which was, I was grateful. But mm. he then, she put him on my chest and he just wasn't breathing. Mm. And I didn't even, like straight away, I just knew something was wrong. I didn't even try to embrace him or mm. enjoy it. I was just like, mm. fix it. Mm. Something's not right. And so they did a met call mm-hmm. um, and they did um, call in some specialists. They already had a couple of um, emergency doctors in there mm-hmm. um, because she knew it might not have, It was he was stressed. Mm. And then they took him away. So I'm sitting here and this was really, really, really full on for me and really hard for me to to go through, I think, personally, because I've always gone my whole life with, this is my body, it's personal, mm. it's my area. And not in this moment that I feel this. It wasn't until afterwards that I had to process this, but I was on a on a bed in stirrups, completely naked, mm. cut, blood mm. everywhere. Mm. And then there's a metcon, all of a sudden I've got 15 people in my room mm. and I'm like open to the world. Yeah. But in that moment, all I cared about... Yeah, you don't even think about it, do you? save him. Yeah. Like, yeah. save him. Do whatever you got to do. Save him. Because I will get up. I don't mm. care what's wrong with me and I'll help you save him. Mm. And, you know, I was looking over at them, working on him at the table. And then I was watching Belle and Belle was crying. Yeah. And I just didn't know what was happening. You've also had an epidural, so you actually can't get up. Exactly. So you just feel so helpless, hey? A hundred percent. And I was just like, not only do I feel helpless, mm. but... Bell's crying. Mm. There's so many doctors working on him mm. and nurses, midwives. My obstetrician's looking at me, then looking at the baby, but I trust her. So yep. I was just waiting. She she's, she just kept saying, it's going to be okay. So for me, I was just like, I have to hold on to that. Mm. And it was about a minute. They took him about a minute to get him going. And that minute felt like a laugh, oh, yeah. right? Because I was just like, tell me something's mm. right. And then when I heard um, him make the smallest noise, I was a little bit relieved, but also I was just like, What's going on? Mm. Tell me something. Mm. And the, they had him for about three to five minutes. And I was just sitting there just so concerned about him and just so worried. And when they eventually brought him back to me, <laughs> Daniel hadn't got there yet because it had mm. been like five minutes legitimately mm. since the obstetrician walked in. Daniel walked in and I'm just like, take him. Mm. And I just, I, I couldn't I couldn't embrace him still mm. because I wanted to make sure. He was okay. He was okay. Yep. Because he'd just gone through, went from, have been so fine to stress to mm. get him out to not breathing, and mm. I was just like, I need, I need you to make sure he's okay. So once Daniel made sure he's okay, um, <clears throat> like my whole pregnancy, I thought about that moment I got to hold him after I birthed him, and just have that moment with him. But as soon as I knew he was okay, I was just so overwhelmed, mm. and I said to Belle, "You have to take him mm. because I can't. I don't have it right now. Mm. I'm so exhausted. Mm. I am." I, I'm 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 still bleeding like no tomorrow. I'm being so, I'm being sewed up as we speak. Mm. Just take him, mm. hug him, love him, mm. give him um, chest time. I can't do it mm. because I just I just gave him everything. I gave mm. him 24 hours of me, mm. and I had nothing left to give. And so that kind of took away that moment I thought I'd have forever. Um, and then as soon as I was sewed up, I was just like I still couldn't feel my legs. But I was just like, I have to go. I want to go shower. I want to get out of this room. I want to lock myself into the bathroom for. 
10 minutes. Mm, I don't want anyone in there. Yeah. And they're like, we can't yet. Yeah, we need to wait until you, until we can make sure you can walk. I'm like, I can, I'll crawl. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Right. Just help me get there and just get out. Yeah. And so I, I did a little, literally got up, went into the shower, shut the door and just sat on that chair. Mm. Um, and I just, I had to give myself 15 minutes. Yeah. And then I wanted to dress myself and sit down and then hug you. Mm. But even then I just had nothing, mm. you know, you know, feel, mm-hmm. it felt completely not empty to him, but empty to life. Yeah. Because I, what I just done was You're just drained. Yeah. Mm. And physically and mentally, like trying to comprehend what just happened. Because mm. it all, even though I went for 24 hours, it felt like it went like that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then we got back to, they put us in a room and we fell asleep for an hour and I woke up and I think that's when it all kind of hit me, right? Yeah. And I was just like, this is amazing. He's beautiful. I'm in love with him. Mm. Um, and it was all of those feels and it was amazing. And I would, and I am in love with him, completely mm. in love with him. Mm. And I'm so grateful for those nurses, midwives and doctors and my obstetrician, of course. And it, But then, you know, at nighttime, I think it's nighttime thing. The nighttime thing hits you. Mm. I think nighttime thing's the hardest because mm. at nighttime I was just like, because Belle had to go home to take care of Sophia. So I was on my lonesome at nighttime. Mm. Could barely walk, mm. could barely sit. Um, and then I was just like, what happened mm. to me mentally? Mm. And then I think the the downside, the the flip side of all the excitement is just like the, you know, not depression, but mm-hmm. the sadness kicks mm-hmm. in. And not because I had him and not because no. I don't love him, but it, it's a lot to process what mm-hmm. you go through. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, that was the start of six weeks of tears, <laughs> um, trying to comprehend what, what just happened. But then also I missed him being inside me as well, mm. which which is crazy. It's uh, thank you for sharing your story. It's um again, it's really strange how close our story is. Oh, real? Like really close. What was different with yours? Um, well, his heart rate dropped when he was still inside me and before I was completely dilated. It was after the epidural. Mm. Um, but it was it freaked me out because a lot of people ran in very similar. They kind of did tell me though, because they had to get me to move around to try and change things yeah. up because it was because my blood pressure dropped. Yeah. But Josh had to take himself into the bathroom and like have five minutes because he was too much. Yeah, yeah, needed to like pull himself together. Um, but yeah, and then afterwards, um, I was fortunate he was he was okay. Yeah. So that was the difference. But other than that, pretty much to the same. detail, really. yeah. <laughs> it's the same. Yeah. Um, but it's it's it is it is quite special in that your partner could be could be there on like I think another level of. Uh, understanding mm. and empathy. I think, mm. again, everyone's experience is totally different. And no matter how much Belle tried to explain what birth was like for you, as you said, mm. you still felt unprepared. Yeah. Well, I know, like even watching Belle go through birth, I felt prepared. I yeah. Like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. Like, you know, I've got this. Like, yeah. I, I've, I've been through tough times in life. Like, this will be all right. But you just, like, to all the partners out there of, of somebody's about to birth a, a baby or potentially in the future or has, mm. if you think you know, you don't know. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. And, and you might be saying, oh, no, I know. Take it from me. Yeah. Like, you know, I've done both. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and birthing a child, like people just talk about like, it's like going shopping, like mm. it's just whatever. It's actually... It's not. It's not. It's like <laughs> the most, it's the most challenging, insane, crazy, full-on experience mm. a woman will experience, mm. I think personally. Yeah, I agree. For me... Like, put me back on Survivor and I'll win now that I've done that because <laughs> yeah. there's nothing harder. That's, but that's what I mean. Like, yeah. you know, 
There is nothing hard. Put me back on the footy field. I'll break a leg and keep playing. <laughs> there is nothing. The thing is, there's nothing, you know, that you will go through in life that will challenge you like you would mm. birthing a baby. Mm. And I think women do not ever get the credit they deserve in anything in life, mm. especially birthing a baby. Mm. You know, and then I, I think about, you know, post giving birth. I think how the hell the women go back to work. I know. But they're expected to, right? Yeah. You know, like I, I'm on maternity leave. I'm just taking the whole lot, right? Yeah. Because it's really important to me yeah. that I, yeah. I I bond with him, even though I've pretty much worked the whole way through. Yeah. I've pulled myself away from a lot of it. But how do women, you know, women who don't, who can't take past six weeks or can't take yeah. past four weeks, mm-hmm. how do they go, you know, even for me, like I can't be away from him for five minutes. Mm-hmm. How do they go, okay, I'm going to have to put him in daycare. Mm-hmm. Or give him to grandma, grand, grandpa, or whatever. Yeah, they're huge steps. And go back to work because if I don't, I can't pay the bills mm-hmm. or I can't pay rent. Like I'm physically still healing. Like I went for my six week um, postpartum check last week and I am nowhere near, I am mm. still probably another six weeks off being allowed to even train mm-hmm. because um, I've had, like, from, from postpartum, I felt I almost got an infection. Mm-hmm. Um, my insides haven't healed. Mm-hmm. The stitches on the inside still haven't healed. Mm-hmm. I'm still taking Voltaren every day because I am in so much pain mm. that I cannot sit. Mm. And I'm seven weeks in. Yeah. So how do women, how are women expected I know. to physically recover that quick, right? And then um, emotionally and mentally recover that quick and then go back to work and act like, you know, it's fine. Mm. Not to mention if a woman decides and if a baby allows it to breastfeed. Yeah. You know, if I'm away from, if I miss one feed, mm. oh. <laughs> my boobs, I'm like, I, I look like I've had the biggest boob job in the world. Like, and I've got <laughs> tiny boobs. So I'm like, I'm like how not used to this. No, no, I, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to run when I'm allowed to run. I'm going to have to hold them when I run or wear four sports bras. But I'm just like, how do they do that though? Mm. How's that an expectation? Mm. And not that it's a pro, like it's a bad thing, but the the maternity leave pay mm. is is seven hundred and fifty. Mm. a week mm. through the government, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is great of the government, but is that enough for a woman not to mm. work? Mm. You know, if, is that enough for her to pay the bills? Because mm. that's also, that makes people question whether they can or can't take their entire maternity leave as well. Mm. And the partners, I think mm-hmm. partners two weeks is BS. Yeah, I agree. It's absolute bullshit. Yeah. Two weeks, like I'm sure Josh would have wanted longer than that to, yeah. to bond with his son. Yeah. Um, yeah. When Bell had Sphere, two weeks for me was not enough. Oh, my God, no. Like, for me to be able to bond with my child, support my wife, mm. right? Because what were you like after Josh had to leave after two weeks? Well, he didn't. Uh, we were very fortunate he didn't. Um, but 100%, I think all that, that stuff that, you know, used to be said about it takes a village and all that sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, so if it takes a village, where's where's the village? Exactly. Like, why, <laughs> why don't we all have a village then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know they're trying to bring out this thing where, you know, the birthing mother can choose to split her maternity with the, with the partner, but that's not enough. Yeah. That's, that's okay, you're trying you're trying to do something, but mm. other countries are doing it better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If the, par- if the partner is is the parent of the child, let them take the maternity that they need mm. at, at bare minimum six weeks mm. because that's what how long they give you to recover, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, that's your postpartum time. So, you know, I just think it's really tough mm. on mums, not only through pregnancy, the the labour, but then also the postpartum that nobody really talks about that mm. much. Like it's like one of those things people go, oh, it's it's a bit difficult. Let's just avoid it. Yeah. And like, you know, people celebrate your pregnancy and tell you you're glowing and, and all this <laughs> beautiful stuff and exciting stuff. And people are asking you when the baby's due or when the baby's come like every day. And then after you've had the baby, it's like 
people start to drop off. Yeah. You know, they might check in and say like, can I come see him? Yeah. But there's not, there's only few people who actually ask how you are or yeah. who check in with you and help you. And they're the ones that you know, it's like, hundred you know, yeah. really, really care about you. Uh, it's, but it's, it is strange how yeah. that happens. Yeah. I, I'm with you hundred percent. And the good thing about, for, for me, when we had Sphere with COVID was, Nobody can come to the hospital, yeah. so that was nice. We have four days by ourselves. It is nice. And eh? then I made the same rule with Ahi. I was just like, no visitors. Yeah. And um, as much as my family hated that, yeah. I was just like, I don't care. It's a special time. It's, that's, it's my choice. Mm. When, I, when I choose for you to meet them, mm. that's my choice. Mm-hmm. And even when I got home, I wasn't ready. Mm. 95% of my family and none of my friends have met him yet. Mm. None of them. I mean, you have a big family. I do, but like <laughs> I've only he's only met my mum, mm. Vinny, um, and one of my sisters. Mm-hmm. I haven't hasn't met any of my mates yet. Mm. And it's not because I don't love my mates or my family, mm. or I don't trust them. It's just like I've put me first yeah. for six, seven weeks. I haven't had time no. to I don't have time to socialize. No. Or sit there and be all smiley when I've just been sitting in my room crying because yeah. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So how much you know? I don't care if that hurts your feelings. If you mm. can't be understanding of where I'm at, totally. Like if you're if you know somebody that's just given birth or about to give birth, the best thing you do is just drop them food. Yeah, literally, hundred <laughs> percent. If you can make them food, drop it to them. That's yeah. anyway does that for me. That means the world. Yeah, <laughs> you can meet my baby one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, and good on you for sharing that. I feel like um, a lot of women don't feel like they can kind of make those decisions or make those calls, mm. um, and find it hard to to voice that. So I. Yeah, that's really good. They also feel pressured into that too, right? They feel like I've had the baby and and it's their right to meet them. It's not. It's your choice. Yeah, when you're ready, it's your choice. And I think that's something Belle was really strong about, and and I love her for. Where she was always like, on your terms. Whenever Mm. you want people to come, they can come. Mm. And she's told everyone no, and and that's been nice. Yeah, and it's been so good to have someone that's been there. Mm. Like you know, I've had a lot of moments where I've been like, I'm sorry about that, (laughs) because I even like pregnancy, like. You know, when she was at 14 weeks when she was pregnant, she was still getting morning sickness and I did a terrible mistake. And I turned to her and I was like, oh, come on. (laughs) It's not that bad. And it's supposed to end at 12 weeks. Why do you still have it, right? Did you get morning sickness? I said that, right? I said that to her and I've never regretted something more in my life (laughs) because I feel like the karma train hit me with Mm. morning sickness. Okay. Because I was so sick. Mm. Like I was hating it sick. Oh. And mine didn't end to 15 weeks. Yeah. Um, and, and and that as well. People think that you know what morning sickness is like. Mm. Like they describe it as nausea. It's mm. not nausea. It's a hundred times worse than nausea. For me, the best way I can describe it is like your 10 worst hangovers combined into one. Wow. And that's how my morning sickness felt. Mm. Um, so there's been a lot of those moments with Belle. Like, yeah. Realizations. Yeah. Mm. Where I've been like, you know, I thought I knew and I thought I understood based on what Google says or mm. what people say, but mm. you just don't. I'm so fascinated to learn more because it's such a unique and special thing that you guys have been able to do. I turned to Josh this morning and I told him how excited I was to have this chat because I was like, imagine if second time around, like you could you could do it. I could just be like, do you want to, is it your turn? And he was like, so jealous. He was like, that would be so special. That would be so incredible. Mm. And, you know, I kind of do feel for guys in that way that they would never get to experience it. Um, But I just think it's, it's so amazing. And I would love you to share a little bit of how, maybe how, how did you decide that Belle kind of went first? You guys use the same sperm donor, yeah, correct? Yeah, same donor, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, I was still up and down whether I was going to play footy again. Yeah, okay. 
and um, I was going to go on Survivor again. So I was just like, you go first. Um, and if I decide to play footy, then I can still play footy. Um, and I'll go second and, and look at her. Why would I not want to reproduce those genes? <laughs> um, and so she she went first. And, and it's honestly like my birth experience, I know I'm jumping back and forth here, but my birth experience, having her there, mm-hmm made me feel so safe Mm. like I just felt so safe and so at ease and I'm sure you probably felt the same with Josh but for me it was like she's been there Mm. um and and she's my best friend my soulmate Mm. I knew that she'll never let anything happen to me in that process yeah so it was really special and she would talk me through those moments yeah which was really nice but yeah well we decided that she would go first um and I would go second I've always like I've always said since I was a young girl that I always want to give birth to a child it's something that I want to experience I think if you can and you want to as a Mm. woman it's the most magical experience that you'll ever experience. And as much as I'm talking about the pain and the scary parts, I would do it again, again. and again and yeah. again if I got him. Mm. And and you do. And those times are hard, but you like for me, it's just like it's all worth it. Mm. So, yeah, and I think the other thing we really got to share, which is really beautiful, which a lot of people are jealous of, is we both get to breastfeed both kids. Yes, I'm yeah. so glad <laughs> you're talking about this. I want to ask you about that because, yeah. as you said, like um, – you know, if you if you miss a feed, like these things happen and all that. I wonder, has your breastfeeding experience so far been similar to what you knew of, of Belle's? Because I know she's like, she's breastfeeding queen. She's still going, hey? <laughs> yeah, she's still going, yeah. yeah. And and I love that and support yeah. her through that as well. But um, for me, I'm very I'm a very observant person. Yeah. So watching her for almost two years, yeah. I've just learned yeah. how to do it. And as soon as I came out of that shower, mm. I put him on the boob. He just took it. Mm. Um, and I haven't had it touch wood any problems at all. I haven't yeah. had any minute mastitis. So I've been very lucky with mm. my with my um, breastfeeding journey so far. But yeah, so basically if I want to sleep in in the morning, <laughs> Belle takes him and feeds him. And but I, even if you unfortunately weren't able to or if whatever yeah. happens, you I know. I went and got my hair did. Yeah. And left him at home and Belle fed him. Like, it's amazing. It's just, and it's like, you know, in a couple of weeks when I'm up for it, if I want to go out for a drink, I'll yeah. be like, here you go, Belle. <laughs> take your child and breastfeed him uh, and I can so go and, cool. and I just put a hacker on mm. and at that time that she's feeding him mm. just express that way mm. and and then Sphia drinks that mm. <laughs> and it just works yeah. like, and, and the thing is like whenever we talk about it on social media I don't, I don't give a crap what anyone thinks right what are people saying or people just um, I think it's really old school people that don't get it and they, but you know they don't get it but they forget that that's it's completely natural, but that's mm. fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. But sometimes people need to learn to keep it to themselves if yeah. they don't agree with it. But um, but, and then you get lots of people try and educate you, even though mm, they're not okay. educated. Like right. I've got pretty amazing medical staff around me that tell me it's so normal, mm. and then other people will tell you it's not normal, and it's you know the milk's different and all of this stuff, and I'm like, he's fine. Like it's yeah. com- completely fine, and and it's been amazing. Yeah. Like he takes from her. Um, and and it just allows me a break. Yeah. And so many women message me about their husband's useless nipples. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have this little perk. Um, so, uh, it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> husband's useless nipples is the one thing I've read the most over yeah. the past seven weeks. Mm. But it's it's pretty amazing that we both get to share that. And mm. I really want to breastfeed Sphere, mm. but she won't take from me yet. Yeah. Um, she did one night by accident because we all sleep, we all coast sleep, yeah. right? All in one huge bed, which wow. is so funny. But one night, it was, you know, she's woken up, rolled over to me and started um, taking. And yeah. I was just like, 
normally I wouldn't because like I'm I'm like I really want her to know it's me. Yeah. I want her to be okay with it being me. Mm. And because she was already on and I was already half asleep, I was just like, let it go. Yeah. And then Belle woke up and turned the light on and she woke up and looked at Belle and looked at me and got the fright of her life. (laughs) (laughs) It was very funny. But she won't take for me and that's okay. Like I'm very patient. Like it has to be on her terms. Yeah. I'm not one of those, like I don't want to be like, Drink my boobs mm. or, you know, <laughs> take this milk. <laughs> but, you know, people are like, just just get her to do it. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, so I, we, we always ask her. I think that's one thing that we're raising her to know, always know, constant in all walks of life. So we're, I'm always like, do you want boob and she, or bar? And she'll go, nah. And mm. I'll go, okay, sweet. But maybe one day, whenever she's ready. Mm. Oh, my God, it just... That took me when you were like, I'm not going to make that happen. It was so funny because when I stopped breastfeeding, um, which I, I loved my breastfeeding journey and I'm so fortunate that I got to do it. Um, I fully stopped at around 11 months. I went back to work at about nine months and pumping at work and, you know, meetings going over and the anxiety and the mental load of thinking like, oh my God, I haven't pumped enough today. I'm not going to produce enough milk for him tonight. All that sort of stuff just was too overwhelming and I just had to make that call. Um, but he was so fine. Like he took the bottle like a champ straight away. So it was fine. Um, but I remember there was a time like a month or so after my milk had dried out that he was like really freaking out and I wanted to soothe him. And I went to whip my boob out and he's literally like, what? What are you? And he just like slapped me away. I was like, oh my God. He's like, he's done with that. Yeah. He was like, no, thank you. Um, that's not for me. Um, but it is, it is, it is. It's really so special. funny that the one thing you return to is just take my boob. Yeah. Right. Because people think that, that breastfeeding um, is all about just feeding the child, but also they take it for comfort. Mm. And, and I noticed that also when he's like, Having a meltdown. If I give him the boob, he just he just latches it and he doesn't suckle. Yeah. He just he just wants yeah. it for comfort. And yeah. so babies want it for more things than just just the drink. Yeah, hundred percent. And I would love to talk to you about Vinny. Yeah. So how, and Vinny is your sister, and um, at the start of this podcast, I touched on how, how we've spoken to you before and yeah. how they can go back and and hear more about your story. But how has Vinny been with? Ahi. Yeah, so beautiful. So people don't know, Vinny's my special needs mm. sister. So she was born with something called Mebia syndrome. So, uh, and I have full-time care of her, me and Belle, and mm. she's been in my care for about 10 years. Um, and she's 27, but part of her disability is she's got the mental capacity of a small child. So we still cook for her, clean for her, dress her, all of those things. Um, but in saying that, she's the coolest person. Everyone loves her so much, and mm. as I do. Mm. Um, but she loves, loves the kids, mm. loves them so much. And um, Svee has just started saying Vinny's name, but she calls you Winnie. Oh, no, Vinny, Winnie, Winnie, hi, Winnie. Um, and, and Ahi, she just loves him. You know, yeah. she just wants to help. Yeah. She just wants to change his nappy. She wants to get the wipes ready. Um, she just That's wants great. to say, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's want to help with the clothes, anything. Yeah. The one thing I love about Vinny is that she has no, she has no filter. Like mm. you know, if you and I talk to a baby, you change your voice a little bit, yeah. to, to go a little bit baby talk. Yeah. Vinny just straight up and down. She's like, oh, "How are you going, Ahi? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. How's your day? <laughs> there is no like change of tone. It's just like, do you want boob? Is that what you want? I can get mum if you want boob. Like, like waiting for his response, like as if he's going to say, yes, I want the boob. Um, yeah, but she's very cute. She, oh, well, maybe maybe um, your two will grow up with a very mature kind of way of speaking then. Because I always think like, 
Do babies and toddlers go through this stage of obviously sounding like a toddler because that's the way we talk to them? Or yeah. <laughs> we can imagine if like, we spoke to them like adults this whole time and their first words were like, brother or yeah. like... <laughs> brother. Like yeah. Very proper. Maybe when you have your next one. Yeah, I'll try ev- it. Everything, yeah. Do everything very proper and see what happens. See if there's a difference between the two. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, to finish off, Mo, I would love to um, talk to you about, obviously if anyone's listening in, in a same-sex couple who are thinking about or halfway through a similar journey to you guys and going through the IVF journey, have you got any words of wisdom or anything you would like to share with them? Yeah, they, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like to get pregnant, or to get pregnant in general, if you're trying and, you, and you're unsuccessful to start with, it's it's exhausting and mentally draining. I remember when with Belle, we tried IUI, which is where they just inseminate the sperm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were unsuccessful twice. Mm-hmm. And so, but the thing is leading up to that is you have to be prepared. Everything's done by date. So mm-hmm. basically when you're ready to go start trying, you got to go see a doctor and do all of that stuff. But then what you start doing is doing blood tests to mm. see when you're ovulating. So you got to go every single day and get a blood test. And then at the peak of your ovulation, that's when they will inseminate, right? So every day you get you go get a blood test and you get a call from the nurse every day to tell you how it's going. Mm. And so every day you're hoping it's that day. And it's not. Mm. It'll be like the following week, mm. right? Um, so it's 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 that in itself is is consuming. Mm. And then you get to the, it's time to inseminate mm. the stage, which is exciting. Mm. It's super exciting. And you go and examine and then you got to wait two weeks. Mm. And then it's the, the two-week wait that kills you. Mm. And I'm sure that anyone that's tried to get pregnant has done this, but me and Belle made the biggest mistake by getting pregnancy tests and just t- checking beforehand. Yeah. Because then we're like, oh, there's nothing, so it's nothing. And we did, we kept doing that and it was really, really draining. Mm. Um, and then, so we didn't work the first two times with IUI, so we went to IVF for her. And ended up working the first time for us, which was which was amazing, and we were super excited. Yeah. And we decided in the IVF that we were not checking <laughs> the test; we would wait for the blood test. Um, and so once we eventually got pregnant with that, we were like, you know, it was think about that. That's three goes. That was, was about four months. Mm. Took us four months to get Belle pregnant. So that four months felt like the longest four months of our lives. Mm. But again, it gave us fear. So yeah. Yeah. whatever was meant to be was meant to be. Yeah. Um, and then with me, um, I'm not. I don't want to say I'm lucky because I don't want other women to feel feel like they're unlucky. unlucky. Yeah. Um, but I was able to get pregnant on IUI the first go. Mm. I mean, my mom fought twelve kids it's and very she's fertile. Yeah, she's also <laughs> actually hyper fertile. It's a thing. Okay. Um, where she just, you know, gets pregnant really easy. Yeah. Um, I was like, surely if my mom was going to give me anything, it would be that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I end up getting pregnant the first go, mm. which. Um, you know, but even leading up to that was 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 tough. So it's like, if I'm going to give any advice, I'd say when you go in, just be mindful that you're not going to get pregnant. Like as we're going and going, yep, we're getting pregnant this month. Mm-hmm. We're young, mm. we're healthy, we're fit. Mm. The doctor says all of our tests are amazing. Yeah. It's going to happen the first go. Yeah. And it never did. Yeah. And I think that was very arrogant of us. Yeah. But also, how were we supposed to know? Yeah. That was part of no, the journey, exactly. right? So um, if you're going to get pregnant, I think it's just like any other couple, just know it's it might not happen might the first time, while, yeah. and you know it's 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 really tough because like some some women have shared their experience with me, and it's taken them. I spoke to one woman, and, and it took her ten years. Yeah, I was just like, you are the most patient, yep. amazing person patience. in the in the world, and that ten years, I'm sure what what came after that was was definitely worth it. But you know, every every woman is different, and every woman's body is different. Mm. So you know, just be patient. Mm. 
Thank you so much. <laughs> Little Arnie's been Pleasure. so peaceful this I whole know. time. He is very chill. Well, you know, yeah, one okay. question that I hate getting as yeah. a as a mum, and I'm sure you got it as well, is <clears throat> is your baby a good baby? Oh yeah. I hate that. I know, I agree. I hate it. I like, agree. Why does a baby have to be a good baby or a bad, bad baby? Bad baby, I know. What like, defines well, that? Well, do, does he does he sleep? I go, so if he doesn't sleep, he's a bad baby. <laughs> like Like he's purposely doing it. Yeah. Like if he's not sleeping, <laughs> it's because he's hungry. He's, he's yeah. overtired. Yeah. He's growing. Mm. He's seeing colors for the first time. Mm. Like, chill. Like, mm. uh, that's one thing I hate. Mm. But yeah, he's being a very good baby. <laughs> well, from the outskirts, it looks like you guys have had a really beautiful experience and a beautiful family bond. It's really nice to, oh, to see. So thank you for sharing so much today. Absolute pleasure. Well, thanks so much for listening in, guys. I'll pop Mo's info in our show notes. Just a reminder, if you weren't already a part of our Kick Bump Facebook community, that it does exist. It is basically a virtual mother's group of very supportive and encouraging women. And we don't just talk about um, you know, health and fitness over there. We speak about everything motherhood, parenthood, pregnancy related. So feel free to come and join us there. That's Kick Bump Facebook community. And also with the Kick Bump podcast, this podcast will soon be on its own feed, which if you don't know what that means, basically if you're subscribed to the Kick Pod, you will soon have to also subscribe to the Kick Bump if you're interested in keeping up to date with all the episodes. So I will let you know when that change happens um, and to remind you guys, but I just wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up. I'll be back in your ears in a fortnight from now or with Laura on Wednesday for another Kick Pod episode. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at Cleaner and at Steph Claire Smith, and you can download the Kick app from the App Store or Google Play or find out more on our website, keepercleaner.com. Listener.